Welcome to the Liquid Church Podcast, a place where you can hear the timeless truth of God's Word in a way that's culturally relevant and cutting edge. Today, you are tuning in for our series, Wind and Fire, where we are seeking a deeper encounter with the Holy Spirit. Get ready to ignite your spiritual life with holy fire. It's our hope this message will help you discover how God's story relates to your own and that you will leave feeling encouraged. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the message. Welcome to Liquid, everybody. Hey, make some noise if you're ready to experience more of the Holy Spirit. Amen, amen. Great to see you guys. I'm Pastor Tim. So glad you're here for our churchwide small group series called Wind and Fire, Encountering the Holy Spirit. I want to give a special welcome to all seven of our campuses, those joining us online. If you are new to Liquid, we're one church. We meet in multiple locations. So whether you're live or online, I am excited for this six-week study we're going to experience in the weeks leading up to Easter. For the next 40 days, we're going to be learning about and experiencing the Holy Spirit, who I believe really is the most misunderstood member of the Trinity. Uh, if you are new to Christianity, the Trinity simply means that God exists in three persons. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, most of us can picture God as a father, right? We all had one for better or worse. We we, we get the idea of a father, but we understand God the Son because we see him in the person of Jesus. But God the Holy Spirit, I remember as a little boy, my grandmother would actually call him the Holy Ghost. Anybody remember that one? The Holy Ghost. And so it was like kind of spooky and mysterious. I think a lot of people hear Holy Spirit and maybe kind of envision that as this like invisible, you know, impersonal force, kind of like Star Wars, like use the force, Luke, you know, kind of thing. But the truth is, the Holy Spirit is a person with feelings. He can be grieved, and he can actually fill you with joy in the middle of hardship. And yet, many people are not comfortable with the Holy Spirit, because let's be honest, they worry he's going to turn you into a weirdo, right? Can we just be honest about this? We've all known people who maybe do or say kind of strange things, or they get like overly emotional, <laughs> or like they act weird. And, and so we worry, if, if, if I get filled with the Holy Spirit, will he make me a weirdo too? So everybody just take a deep breath. Everyone deep breath. <sighs> relax, relax. This whole series is about clearing up the confusion. Together, we are going to study our Bible to set the record straight about who the Holy Spirit is and is not. Because the Holy Spirit actually wrote the Bible. He inspired these words and tells us about himself. And the Holy Spirit is not some fuzzy, nebulous force out there. He's a friend to love in here. The Holy Spirit is a person, not a what, but a who. Not an it, but a he. And he wants to pour out the love and power of Jesus Christ in your everyday life so you can live a naturally supernatural lifestyle that's unique to you. Find the Holy Spirit is an adventure. It's exciting. Did you know the Bible says that the Holy Spirit has supernatural gifts for you to unwrap. So in other words, you get some gifts from God, but others come later in the Christian journey. Um, there might be special gifts, like gifts of healing or prophecy, speaking in tongues, words of wisdom. So that's what our whole church is going to pursue for these next 40 days of Lent. Can you say Lent with me? Lent. This Wednesday is the start of Lent. It's the six weeks of the Christian calendar, kind of leading up to Easter. And traditionally, Lent is 40 days long. And you may be like, well, why 40 days, Tim? And the answer is, because Lent represents the 40 days that Jesus spent in the desert being filled with the Holy Spirit before he began his public ministry. Jesus, like many of you did in January, he fasted and he prayed and he drew close to his father by denying his flesh. That's why Lent we deny ourselves sometimes. And in the desert, 
Jesus not only defeated the devil, he was filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. So Lent is the season for Christians all over the world to deny themselves and really say, I want to draw fresh strength from the Holy Spirit just like Jesus did. Think of Lent as spring cleaning. What we're going to do, church, is we are going to clean out our spiritual junk drawers. You got a junk drawer at home. It's got all that crap and everything. This is time for a spiritual junk drawer cleaning. And Lent actually starts on Wednesday, March 2nd, and it ends on Thursday, April 14th, just in time for Easter weekend. So if you are feeling spiritually stagnant, this is a moment. This is the season to really press in, draw close to Christ, and encounter his spirit in a fresh way. I want to encourage you to do that today in community. Today is actually Group Sunday at our campuses. So I am going to introduce our series based on the book of Acts. But then I'm going to just encourage you. I'm going to challenge you. Take a step deeper in your faith and join a small group. If you're not in one, if you're new to our church, you should need to know we don't just worship on the weekend, okay? That's churchianity. At Liquid, we do actually Christianity. And during the week, we meet in small groups in people's homes and apartments, sometimes over Zoom, all over, all over the Northeast, 10 to 12 men and women, typically your age and stage of life, who meet on a Wednesday night or a Friday morning for Bible study, prayer, fellowship. And we have small groups starting today at every campus, both online and in person, and you're going to have a chance to join one at the end of today's service. And today we're releasing a brand new groups guide that you can download. It is a beautiful digital ebook. We're going green with our groups guide. Isn't that awesome? It's a beautiful Bible study, links to videos and verses, discussion questions, notes and quotes. Just go to liquidchurch.com slash wind and fire. Put it up on the screen one more time. You can download it right now if you want on your phone. This is the study guide. Every liquid small group is going to go through over the next 40 days together. So get a guide, join a small group, and you'll be good to go, all right? Who is ready to be filled with fresh wind and fresh fire? Amen? We ready to do it? All right. Let me tell you where we got this series title from. It is from the book of Acts. You may know the New Testament starts with four gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are biographies of Jesus. But the fifth book is called Acts, A-C-T-S, and it stands for the Acts or Actions of the Holy Spirit after Jesus returned to heaven. Now, I'm reading through Acts right now just for my personal devotions, kind of a chapter a day, and I'll just warn you, it's, it's kind of crazy, okay? In one small group where believers are getting together and they're just basically having a, a prayer sesh, the whole place like has an earthquake, okay? I, I call it a church quake. It's like shaking, and they were supernaturally filled with the Holy Spirit. They fan out into their neighborhood and they, they preach boldly about Jesus. It turns their whole community upside down. So I want to show you today where the church was birthed in Acts chapter 1. It says this, on one occasion, while Jesus was eating with the apostles, he gave them this command. Do not leave, where are they? They're in Jerusalem, the city there. But wait, wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water. But in a few days, you just wait, you will be, say it together, baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of people don't know this. But after Jesus was crucified and raised from the dead, he didn't go directly to heaven. Did you know that? Jesus spent instead 40 days with his disciples teaching them. And on one occasion, over lunch, he says, okay, here's what's going to happen. Bad news, good news. I'm raised from the dead, but I know you're going to be sad. I'm leaving. I am returning to my Father in heaven. And they're like, what? Can you imagine walking with Jesus for three years side by side? And he says, don't worry, though. I'm going to give you a gift. 
I'm no longer going to be beside you. I'm going to be in you. I am going to give the Holy Spirit who will now give you supernatural power and strength to grow and become more like me. I'm going to live my life out through you. Now, this sounds good, but let me tell you, when the, Jesus promised the Holy Spirit to those 12 disciples, they didn't like the idea at first <laughs> because it meant losing Jesus. I mean, think about it. For three years, they're walking down dusty roads with God in the flesh. The Son of God's looking at them eye to eye, calling your name face to face. So the thought of losing him is awful. But Jesus told them this in John 16. It says, no, no, no. It's best for you if I go away. You'd be like, how could that be? Because if I don't, the advocate, which means comforter or counselor, won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. In other words, this is all part of the Father's plan. Jesus says, if I stayed on earth in human form, think about it. Jesus would be restricted, right, by time and space. He could only be in one place at a time, which would limit the spread of the gospel. He says, but if I leave, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to indwell every single follower of Christ over the face of the earth, which is better for you and the global church because now I can be anywhere my people are. I can be in New Jersey. I can be in Korea. I can be in Mexico. I can be in Egypt, in Africa. Wherever Christians are, I will be there too inside of them. So understand, sending the Holy Spirit to live in you and me was part of God's plan from the very beginning. In fact, right now, we believe the Holy Spirit is in this room as I speak. Amen? He's in the room. He's coming through your pixels at home. This is how Christ's church began 2,000 years ago. And friends, I believe it's where our future starts today, post-COVID, with fresh wind, fresh fire. So let's read Acts chapter 2 out loud. This is literally the birth of Jesus' church. Start at verse 1. It says this. When the day of Pentecost, everyone say Pentecost. Pentecost came. They were all together in one place. Pentecost was a Jewish holiday similar to Thanksgiving. Basically, Jews came together for this feast in Jerusalem to just give thanks for their harvest. And notice Penta, you guys know, means five. Pentecost, 50. This takes place 50 days after Passover. So this is only 10 days after Jesus returned to heaven. And scripture says, when that day of Pentecost came, they were what? All together in one place. Isn't it interesting? The early church got together in a small group. Just like you're going to be in a small group during Lent. It's one of the reasons, guys, it's not just for study. It's not just to enjoy some Doritos and some Diet Coke, okay? Something supernatural happens when Christians gather together, humble themselves, and pray and wait on the Lord. It says, suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a what, church? Of a violent wind, whoosh, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them, everybody in the small group, was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Tongues there means actually foreign languages. Now, I want you to picture this because we read this, we say, wow, can you imagine being at Pentecost, that original small group meeting? But I want you to imagine you're meeting with your small group next week. You've got some snacks, you know, you ordered Domino's, whatever it is. And you're like, okay, time, we're praying together. And as you're kind of praying, suddenly the front door just whoosh, just flies open, you know? And it's like, 
man, aggressive dominoes guy, you know? He just like, kicked the door in, but it's, there's nobody there. And, and, this, and this powerful rushing wind just kind of whoosh, just kind of rips through the house and the, and the chips and the salsa get knocked over and, and people are dropping their Bibles. And then the lights go out and you're like, is this a prank? What's happening here? And tons of, of fire fall over the head of every person in that room. And suddenly that girl who doesn't say anything in the group just starts speaking and, and praising God in a foreign language. Jesus Cristo es el Señor y el Rey. She's speaking Spanish. And he's, he starts speaking Korean. Jesus Cristo nungo. The, 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 like, what? Did I get that right, Mike? It's about right. <laughs> and all of a sudden, this couple on the couch, they start, they start speaking Italian. Jesus Cristo es el Señore. And somehow everybody understands each other's language. What? That's what the original tongues were at Pentecost. Foreign languages. So, the, so that the gospel would go global. Can you imagine? You know, how's that for your Wednesday night small group, by the way? You know, right? Like the next morning you're like, hey, how was groups? Sorry, miss. You know, bro, you should have been there. <laughs> right? See, when the Holy Spirit comes with fresh power in a believer's life, it's not just an event, it's an experience. There's wind, there's fire. They heard something, they saw something, and then they received something supernatural. Can I show you where this happened? This is the upper room in Jerusalem, which we'll hopefully visit when we tour Israel, hopefully next year. This is the traditional site where that fire fell for the first time 2,000 years ago on a bunch of Ordinary Christians, as they got together in a small group, praying together in an upper room. Why were the early Christians waiting together in a small group? And the answer is, they were praying for the Holy Spirit to come. They wanted to cash in on what Jesus promised them in Luke chapter 24. Look at this in Luke 24. Jesus said this, And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my Father promised. But here's what I want you to do. Stay here in the city. Until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with what? What's the word, church? Power from heaven. Everyone say power like you mean it. Power. Again, power. Here's a big idea. The Holy Spirit is not some dusty doctrine to believe. He gives fresh power to receive. We know because we started this series almost exactly two years ago. Do you guys know this? March 1st, 2020. We started this series and we only got two weeks in before COVID hit and shut the world down. And I can say, man, wow, we have been humbled. People are hurting. But I just sense like there's a fresh hunger for the Holy Spirit. Amen? So we said, you know what? The cure for a pandemic is a fresh Pentecost. Two years after COVID, let me tell you something. This nation desperately needs fresh wind and fresh fire, maybe more than ever. So guys, let's just kind of trust that God is in this timing, that he wants to do something very special in our church two years later. Amen? I'm just telling you, if you're willing to wait on God and actually seek him for 40 days, the spirit may not come right away, but when he does, he comes with fresh power and new passion, with wind and with fire. The reason we call it wind and fire out of here, out of Acts 2, is because each of those symbols tells us something striking about the Holy Spirit. Acts says the Holy Spirit is like wind. I'm going to teach you a little Hebrew. In the Old Testament, the Old Testament word for spirit is the Hebrew word ruach. Can you spit on your neighbor? Try to say it. Ruach. 
It means wind and breath <laughs> and phlegm for some of you. <laughs> now, in the New Testament, the Greek word is pneuma. It means spirit or breath. How is the Holy Spirit like wind or breath? I think you guys get this. Wind, of course, is invisible, right? You can't see it. But you can see its impact, can't you? Right? Like when the, the wind is rustling through the leaves of a tree. Listen to how Jesus described the Holy Spirit. He said this, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you can't tell where it came from or where it is going. So it is with every one of you born of the Spirit, the ruach, the pneuma, the breath of God. He breathes where he wants, wherever God wills. So understand something. We don't control the Spirit. The Spirit controls us. Amen? I think it's why a lot of people are afraid of the Spirit, because <laughs> most of us are control freaks, right? <laughs> we don't like things we can't control or predict that we can't manage or put in a spreadsheet. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit is the invisible breath of Jesus alive in his church, touching whoever and whatever he wants. I remember a couple of years ago, Colleen, uh, we invite people to our church all the time, invite one of our friends to church, and she came for the first time. She's not religious, but I think she felt like, oh, she keeps inviting me, I'll go. So she comes on Sunday, and after the service, we got to lunch, and Colleen's like, so, you know, what do you think? Was it different than what you expected? She said, can I be honest? She said, I came because you invited me, and I felt like I should, and I didn't know what to expect. But she goes, it was the strangest thing. I feel like I should apologize. And Kyle's like, why? And she said, during the, that singing part, I just, I just started crying, and I don't even know your songs, you know, right? She's like, I don't know this music. And she, and she goes, I just, she's like, why, why were you crying? She goes, I just felt like over, like I got all weep. I felt like this presence, and I was like, why am I crying? Am I crazy? And of course, Colleen said, don't, don't, no, don't say you're sorry. Don't even be embarrassed. That's a beautiful thing. And she says, what was that? And she said, well, we would say that, that was the Holy Spirit blowing and touching you. That's Jesus touching you with his love. You, you couldn't see him, but you felt him, didn't you? She goes, yeah. It was, it was strange. She said, and then when your husband Tim was giving his speech or whatever it is he does, I don't know what that is. He didn't even know it was like a sermon. She had no language for it. She goes, I felt like he was talking directly to me. Like he read my email. Did you send him my email? It's like, no, but the Holy Spirit did because the wind blows wherever it what pleases. God does what he wants. See, wind is this invisible power, but it has a tangible impact. You can't see it, but you can feel it. And sometimes it's gentle and sometimes it's violent like it is here in Acts. <laughs> Have you noticed how crazy the weather has gotten around here now? We're seeing things we haven't seen in decades. A few months ago, my phone buzzed in the middle of the afternoon with a tornado warning. And I'm like, this can't be right. This is, this is New Jersey. This ain't Texas, man. But 15 minutes later, a micro tornado touched down in our town with winds up to between 90 and 100 miles an hour. It only lasted about nine, 10 minutes. But let me tell you, the results were devastating. We walked through our neighborhood afterwards and trees were literally sheared off at the trunks. It looked like a giant hand came down and from heaven and just knocked them all over, just snapped them like toothpicks. Acts 2 says the spirit came like the blowing of a violent wind. And I remember seeing all these giant oak trees just with their roots just ripped up 
uprooted right out of the ground. Now, that's, that's a violent wind. It's strong. It's powerful. You can't see it, but you can see its impact. What's my point? Sometimes when the Holy Spirit comes with fresh power, he uproots some things in your life. When the Spirit comes, addictions get uprooted. Amen? Anxiety can get uprooted. Bitterness gets uprooted. Secret sin gets ripped up by the roots. Let me share with you a cool email I got from somebody in England. This is an email from Roger in the UK. That's what he signed it. And he listens to our our Sunday podcast. He wrote this. He said, um, Dear Tim, my name is Roger. I live in York, England. And I'd like to say thank you for your sermons on porn and the Bible, which I just finished listening to. It's like a blindfold has been taken off because I've been hooked on porn since I was 14 years old. I'm now 31, married with three kids, and my marriage was wrecked because of it. I was so hooked, I watched porn every day on my phone if I couldn't get to the computer. In March last year, I had an affair with a girl at work and my wife was crushed. I asked her forgiveness but continued my habit. Well, on Tuesday, I went to download some erotic stories from iTunes and came across the Liquid Church podcast. Just enjoy that moment, okay? That's kind of why. I typed in sex and up came your podcast about porn and the Bible. I downloaded and listened to it, and praise God, I have not looked at porn since. I feel like a new creation and I'm ready to finally be free. If only I had heard God's truth sooner. I sacrificed my 16-year marriage on the, uh, of uh, my family on the altar of porn. Think about that. Painful. But I'm now rebuilding and still battling, but your messages have helped me move in for the kill. Thank you, brother. Roger. Can we put it together? Some hands for Roger. Praise God for you, bro. That's an amazing thing. Think about this. Somebody in England went searching for porn online and found Jesus instead, right? Instead of only fans, he becomes a follower of Christ. Let me tell you something. That's no algorithm. Only the Holy Spirit can do that because he blows wherever he will. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's forgiveness. There's a fresh start. So God bless you, Roger. You know, if you ask me, Tim, how do I know? If I'm filled with the Spirit, I might just simply ask you, has anything in your life been uprooted recently? Because when the Spirit blows, it's not just signs and wonders and miracles. A lot of times, he begins by knocking stuff over. God's Spirit blows on your life, and we're aware of the gap between us and a holy God. And it's, it's like spring cleaning. All this dirt and this dust and the, the debris, just the Spirit just rips it up by the roots. Anger uprooted, lust uprooted, addictions uprooted, family dysfunction uprooted. And you receive a new hunger and, and a new power to live for Christ because you couldn't do it yourself, but, but, but now you've got this new power. You understand, you don't get more of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gets more of you, amen? It gets more of you. The Holy Spirit is wind. It's the breath of God. And he's fire. Everyone say fire. fire. Verse 3 says, They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. If wind is about power, fire is about purity. Fire is used to, to heat things up, yeah? That's how you burn out impurities of precious metals. That's how you refine them. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. He is this, this flame of God's furious love who actually convicts us of sin. That's his number one job. I'm going to tell you three things the Holy Spirit does today. Jesus said this in John 16, verse 8. He says, when the Spirit comes, he will what? Say it together. Convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. 
See, since our God is, is, is holy, he is perfect, flawless, righteous, and we're, well, we're us. <laughs> we not. The presence of the Spirit will convict us of sin, especially stuff, understand, that we just rationalize away and want to ignore. And the Spirit will go like this. Excuse me. Excuse me. How about that thing? He's the voice that says, hey, I'm so glad you invite your girlfriend to church today. She came. That's awesome. But you should probably stop sleeping together as a next step. Yeah? <gasps> hey, I'm really glad you love singing Maverick City worship songs. That is so awesome. But I also heard, besides the lyrics, I also heard all that gossip that came out of your mouth over the weekend. And, and, and since you're a follower of Jesus, you can't have praise and poison coming out of both sides of your mouth. It grieves the Holy Spirit. It makes him sad. Only the Spirit can show us our depravity and desperate need for the gospel. The good news that there's a judgment to come, but Jesus took your judgment on the cross. He suffered and died. He was raised so you could be raised to a new life and set free, raised to life by his Spirit. Guys, that's what a Christian is. It's someone who's been set on fire by the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, man, some Christians are today are stone cold to the Spirit. So are a lot of churches, all, all ash, no fire. <laughs> There's no fire in the worship. There's no fire in the prayers. There's no fire in the pulpit sometimes. I like what Spurgeon used to say. He said, put some fire in your sermon or put your sermon in the fire. Clap your hands if we agree. We need the fresh fire of God. When you look out at the church right now with all the problems we're facing, the splits, the sex scandals, the power plays of corruption, what the church needs is men and women who are set on fire by the Holy Spirit of a living God. We don't need a slicker website. We don't need better songs on Sunday. The number one need of this hour is to be set aflame by the Holy Spirit of God. Oh, I'm preaching now. Make some noise of something in you. Says, I want the fire to fall on me. That's what I'm praying. I got on my knees this, day, this week in the woods and said, God, let the fire fall on me, on you. Man, over the next 40 days, I'm excited. I've already started praying for you behind your back. I said, God, I pray you would give our congregation a case of holy heartburn. We don't need more hot heads. We need hot hearts if we're going to win this world for Christ. And I'm praying God will make you like the disciples. As they walked with Jesus down the road of Emmaus, they said, we're not our hearts burning within us. When he opened up the scriptures to us, they had a case of holy heartburn. Guys, Lent is a season where God takes out the garbage. Say, take out the garbage. He cleans out the spiritual junk drawer in our lives. And we pray, Spirit, come and clean out my junk drawer. I'm done with languishing in the pandemic. I know you feel tired. I have too. I know you feel lonely. I have too. I know sometimes you feel mean. I have too. But the cure for a pandemic is a fresh Pentecost in your life. You say, God, burn out my lust. Burn out my lethargy, my laziness. And over the next 40 days, I pray, I pray the Holy Spirit burns the hell out of you so he can put heaven in your heart. Heaven in your heart. Holiness is beautiful. You know what holiness actually means? It means set apart. It means you're different from the world because God's presence changes everything. Have you ever been in the presence of somebody where you're like sitting in the room together and like just their presence in the same room makes you aware, make you feel uncomfortable about some stuff in your life. It's like when you watch a movie with your parents. You know what I'm talking about? Can I, can I share a confession? 
um, when I was in college, I loved movies with Will Ferrell in it, okay? Anything Will Ferrell, Anchorman, whatever, he's hilarious. And there was a movie that my buddies and I love to watch. It's called Old School, okay? This is not a recommendation. I just want to be clear about this, okay? Don't send me emails. On a Friday, we, we loved nothing more, man. We'd, we'd order pizza. We'd watch Old School. It's about these ridiculous college guys in a fraternity. And it's hilarious, but it's also pretty crude and a little bit raunchy. And I will never forget, because I saw it so many times, and I came home from college, and they're playing old school, like on, on cable, like we're flipping through the channels, and we're home for the holidays, and my parents are sitting on the couch, and I'm like, oh, stop here, stop here. This is hilarious. This is one of my favorites. And we're sitting there, and my mom and dad are in the room sitting on the couch, and my grandmother's sitting on the love seat, right? And we watch it for like 30 seconds, and the language, as you might know, is like, Beep, 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 beep. And I'm just like, where's the controller? I'm like hitting the mute button. I'm like, oh, sorry, sorry, Grandma. They're so, you know, mute, mute, mute. I'm, and I'm, it's like, they just beep, 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 beep. I'm just like, I think I saw the airline version. This isn't the one I saw. I'm just like hitting, you know. And there's this real raunchy part with all these sex jokes. And I'm just like, fast forward, give me, just fast forward. I don't remember this part. Let's watch something else. You know what I'm talking about? Ever watch a movie with your grandma? <laughs> what happened? Her presence in the room made me aware of how much filthy language and crude humor I was tolerating in my life. Like, I wasn't even aware of it. But with her presence in the room, I felt convicted. That's what the Holy Spirit does. His presence makes you aware of things in your life that you tend to minimize or rationalize or justify. Stuff you thought was no big deal, and the Spirit says, actually, it's a big deal. Big enough that Jesus died for those things. And suddenly he opens your eyes to the life that the Lord wants you to live. And the Bible says your, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. In other words, he literally lives in you. This is his home. So he's with you at all times. So when you're scrolling through TikTok, he's scrolling with you, yeah? When you watch reels, he sees what you see. Whatever you click on, he goes with you. It says, when the Spirit came, comes, Jesus said, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. So understand, one of the gifts of the Spirit is fresh conviction. It's just cleaning out the junk and establishing new habits, holy habits. So, so guys, hear the invitation for Lent. It's time for spring cleaning. To clear out your spiritual junk drawer and say, you know what, I'm not going to eat that garbage anymore. I'm not going to fill my mind with the flesh or, or sing along to launchy lyrics or laugh at racist jokes. Lord, take out the garbage. Let your fire fall fresh on me, fresh on liquid during Lent. Don't fear the flame, guys. God isn't punishing you. He wants to purify your life. Let the Spirit refine you so that you can become what God wants you to be over the next 40 days. The Spirit convicts. But listen to me. Secondly, if you're taking notes, he also comforts, especially when you are hurting or sad. In John 14, 16, Jesus calls the Spirit the comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Now, the Greek word here in John is paraclete paraclete. And para literally means to come alongside and to give comfort and counsel. Now, what does that look like to give comfort to somebody? If somebody's grieving or sick, lonely or scared, what do you do? You come alongside and you put your arm around them. You remind them, hey, you're not, you're not alone. You speak peace. You reassure them that you love and you support them. Let me ask you this. Have you ever met a Christian who's going through something horrible? cancer diagnosis or, or divorce they didn't want. And yet, in the middle of all that trauma, there's a peace about them. Have you ever met somebody like that? One of my heroes in this church is a woman named Julie Patskin. 
Julie's amazing. She's part of our Middlesex and Somerset County campuses. And Julie is a three-time cancer survivor. And she was re recently diagnosed with breast cancer. But what's incredible is that Julie has never lost her joy. She is one of the most hope-filled persons I have ever met. And let me tell you something. After going through three cancers, you'd think like one more diagnosis would just rock her faith. But Julie relies on the Holy Spirit. Through all the chemo and radiation, she actually leads and helps teach liquid kids. And then she is one of our small group leaders with her husband, Bill. She, they're amazing. So I called Julie this week just to check in after her latest surgery. And I was like, how are you doing, Julie? You know, three cancers, it's a lot more than most. And she described how through all the ups and downs, she said, Tim, I have a literal peace that passes understanding. I can't explain it, but it's not me. She kept saying, it's not me, Tim. It's the Holy Spirit giving me strength. And, you, and she means it. Let me show you her recent post from Facebook. You can see even by her smile. She said, my post-op recovery continues, and I want to share that my pathology report showed five of 11 lymph nodes removed contained cancer. Yesterday, I met with a radiology oncologist who indicated I'll need 25 days of radiation therapy after I recover from the double mastectomy and fill the expander. So my cancer journey continues. Thank you for all the love you've shown to me and my family. Please continue to keep me in your prayers for a full recovery. Once again, I'm laying this at the feet of my Lord, who's bigger than cancer. Psalm 55:22. she writes, Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Friends, that is the Holy Spirit. In the middle of a mastectomy, Julie has this supernatural confidence. There's an irrational joy that oozes out of her. And she's always like, Tim, it's not me. It's the comforter who's holding her in the palm of his hand through her cancer journey. So those of you going through pain or grief or loss, understand the Spirit is here to let you know you are not alone. The Spirit is with you. There's a reason Jesus calls him the comforter, because he not only convicts us of sin, he comforts us in sorrow. And some of you here today need comfort. I know that. Maybe during the pandemic, you lost something or, or someone you loved. Or you lost a job or you, or you lost your health. Family member, a friend, or, or maybe you worry about losing your marriage. You may be here today, you're losing hope. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit can bring you comfort. Again, the word Jesus uses is paraclete. It actually, it literally means besides like comfort, it's like to draw alongside. Because Jesus wants you to know that you're not an orphan. There's one who comes alongside you. So understand when you find yourself standing in front of a casket, the Holy Spirit draws up alongside. When you find yourself signing divorce papers and, and you can't believe this is happening, the Holy Spirit draws up alongside. When you're unexpectedly facing unemployment, the Holy Spirit comes up alongside. When you go through the dark valley of miscarriage or infertility and it seems like your dreams are being crushed, you're not alone because the Holy Spirit comes alongside and imparts a peace and a comfort that you can't put into words. Guys, this 40-day encounter, it could be a brand new chapter in the story that God's writing with your life. Like in 40 days, what could God do? He, he can heal a broken heart. He can restore the joy of your salvation if it feels cold and dry right now. He can fill you with hope and a fresh start. The Holy Spirit convicts. The Holy Spirit comforts. And finally, the Holy Spirit also counsels. He gives wisdom when you need it most. Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the counselor for a reason. Let me ask you this. What's a good counselor do? I know what my counselor does. 
He, he gives insight and wisdom when I'm at crossroads moments. <laughs> like when, when, when life gets cloudy or confused and I'm not sure which path to take, right? Because you can only see in front of you. What does fire do? When you go camping, why do you put fire? Why do you put a flashlight? What does it do? It gives what? Light, right? It illuminates your path. And the Holy Spirit gives God's guidance. He's the voice of God guiding you, showing you which way to go. And I'm just telling you, I'm not like speaking prophetically, but I just know this spring, some of you are going to face life-altering decisions. Some of you are, are questioning right now, where do I go to school? Or should I get married or do I stay single? Should we start a family? We have a family. Do I put our kid on medication or not? Let me tell you what you will do. You're going to spend a lot of time on WebMD. You're going to talk to professionals and experts, ask your girlfriend. But at the end of the day, you will never be 100% sure that you're making the right decision. Do you take the promotion? Or do you resign and start a new career? Honey, do, do we make the move to a new city? Or do you actually say, no, God's called us to stay right where we are and put down roots here. It's at these crossroads moments in life, when the road gets dark, the Holy Spirit will illuminate and guide you. Fire gives light, revealing God's will and pointing you in the way you should go. Jesus said, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he's going to teach you all things. How many things? Some things. All things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So in moments of decision, when you're like, do I go right? Do we go left? The Spirit will whisper in your ear, this is the way. Walk in it. Everyone say, this is the way. This is the way. That's not just the Mandalorian speaking. It's the Holy Spirit. And you have no idea how it will change your destiny. You know, I remember my senior year in high school when I was deciding where to go to college. I actually had a couple scholarships to local universities. So for our family, financially, it made sense for me to stay in New Jersey. And I, I'd been praying about it. You know, I was a senior in high school. Like, didn't have the greatest prayer life. But I was like, God, I want to go to your choice of school, not just where it makes sense. And I distinctly remember waking up one morning with this overwhelming sense of God like speaking to me, not audibly, but literally it was like I could see a banner in my head, you need to go to Wheaton College. I just kept seeing that. I'd never visited there. It was a private Christian school out in Chicago. And let me tell you, I wasn't thrilled about the idea of a Chicago winter. <laughs> okay, it's not wind and fire, it's ice and snow. <laughs> But I had this overwhelming sense that, like, thank God said Wheaton College. And I went downstairs, and, and my parents are in the kitchen eating breakfast. And I was like, hey, guys, I, I, I feel like God said, told me to go to Wheaton. And my parents put down their coffee because there were no scholarships there. <laughs> and I'll never forget my dad said, he said, Tim, if the Spirit is speaking, we'll do whatever God says, and we'll make this work. And I remember we visited then, and, and I remember signing my commitment to go, and kind of second-guessing because I, I learned that to go to the school, I had to take all these courses in Bible and theology, and I was like, not interested. I actually remember thinking, Bible and theology, like, what am I ever going to do with that? You know, ha! <laughs> and I look back now, and I thank the Holy Spirit for speaking to little, ignorant, 18-year-old me because I might have missed out on God's whole purpose for my life. I'm wondering what the Holy Spirit will reveal to you over the next 40 days. 
Where do you need fresh revelation, fresh wind, fresh fire? This is the journey that we're taking for 40 days over Lent. And I want you to hear from the Holy Spirit in a fresh way, like the early Christians did. So let me challenge you to two things today. The first is to join a small group. We now have over 55 new small groups that are open and ready for you to sign up today after the service ends. We have groups for all ages and stages, young adults, college, women, men, couples, seniors. We have groups in Espanol. There's something for everyone, okay? Some of our small groups, little gatherings, again, where we pray, we wait on the Holy Spirit, we dive into Scripture. Some meet in person. Others meet online over Zoom. But we're all praying the same thing. We're praying, Holy Spirit, come, amen? In small group, we're going to open our Bibles and say, what does it mean to be baptized in the Spirit? What does the Bible say about the gifts of the Spirit? This whole thing about speaking in tongues and prophecy and healing prayers. Are, are like signs and wonders and miracles for today, is it only for spiritual superstars like you, Pastor Tim? Uh-uh. <laughs> oh, man. They are for ordinary fire starters like you and me and our small group leaders. Can we just take a minute and raise the roof for our group leaders at every campus? We praise God for you. As your pastor, I love you. I praise God for each of you. Let me tell you, our small group leaders that you're about to meet are big-hearted. They are spirit-filled believers who are on the front lines of this church. They love Jesus, and they've been fasting and praying for you. They've been fasting and praying for you. And they would love to have you join their small group today. So after I dismiss, you go out to the lobby at your campus, meet the group leaders, find one that fits your schedule. And if you're new to our church, guys, this is how you make friends. It's how you experience community and dive deeper during the week with fellow believers. We won't call it the upper room. We'll call it the upper Zoom if you're online, okay? There you go. And then you just download that group's guide, okay? It outlines the next five weeks. I am asking God to fill this whole church with fresh wind and fresh fire. I think it's time for spring cleaning, amen? The cure for an old pandemic is fresh Pentecost. So where do you need the spirit most right now? I'll end with that. Where do you need it most? The most, you need fresh conviction and strength to put away old habits and live with a new purity. Maybe you need comfort. You're going through a difficult season. Let our community come around you with the, the Spirit's love and support. Or maybe you need the Spirit's counsel. You're at a crossroads. You need divine direction. You get a providential choice to make, and you need God's guidance. Which direction to go? I don't know your exact circumstances, but I know this. Acts 2 shows us that Jesus himself will pour out his Spirit on small groups who pray and wait on him. The disciples were all together in one place when the Spirit dropped at Pentecost. The Spirit lit the flame, and that church was never the same. Amen? I pray the same for ours. Let's stand up together. All our campuses on our feet. After I close in prayer, you can go out uh, to group Sunday, meet our leaders, join a group. Or if you'd like prayer today, maybe, again, God's speaking to you, just come down the front of the stage. Our prayer teams would love to minister to you. And we just come alongside you like the Holy Spirit. So let's do this, church. Let's open our hands to pray. That's often how early Christians prayed. It's a posture of receiving. And let's just commit our journey to Jesus. And before we pray, would you just repeat these words out loud with me? Repeat this out loud. Say, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Got to be better. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. We, welcome we welcome you. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. We, welcome you. we welcome you. Holy Spirit, come. Our hands are open and we're welcoming you now into this place. And I pray over the next 40 days that you would turn over some tables, uproot some things. Father, I give full permission. You don't need it, but we give you full permission to blow like a fresh rushing wind through Liquid Church. 
every campus online, filling every man and woman and child, Father God. I pray that you'd pour out your spirit in a fresh way, a new Pentecost, Father God. Fill us with visions and dreams and fresh holy hunger, God, that we would become more like you and shine even brighter in a sin-darkened world. Father, I pray for providential meetings in these small groups now. I pray over our leaders, anointing them in the oil of the Holy Spirit with the blood of Jesus, Father. May we live straight and shining lives in a crooked world, God, that people might see that, Jesus, you are the Christ and our Lord and our Savior. I ask that in your name, in Jesus' name. Everybody said together, amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to check out Liquid Church for a weekend service, small group, outreach, or clean water trip, you can find out more about us online at liquidchurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, go ahead and subscribe or share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening.